Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, time for our Friday visit with Bill Tillman. Bill is a former Vancouver City Council candidate. He is a veteran. BC political strategist and campaigner. Hey, Bill, thanks for coming on today. Morning, Mike. Okay, let's start with the return of the Stanley Park train just in time for the Christmas celebrations at Stanley Park. And Ken Sim, the mayor, uh, taking full credit for this, getting the Stanley Park train back on the rails. Let's have a listen to what he has to say, and I'll get your thoughts. That's right. It's back, baby. A year ago, we committed to bringing Swagger back to the city, and it begins by bringing back events, attractions, and the things that our community loves and celebrates. All right. It's back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> He's very happy about this. And it's, it's interesting, Bill. Like You heard him say there, I promised you I was going to bring Swagger back to, back to the city. Is this his idea of Swagger getting this train going again? Well, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a train in vain as the Clash song went because there's only, all the tickets are sold out in 90 minutes faster than Taylor Swift's tickets went. And that's because there's only one out of the four trains that the park board has to use for the Christmas train. There's only one working. So no wonder it's sold out. They've only got quarter capacity. Okay, let's talk about that now because as soon as they announced that the train, at least one of these trains would start rolling again, they put the tickets up for sale for the Bright Nights celebration there, which is a super fun thing to do with your family, right? Yeah. And 23,000 tickets sold out, 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of Taylor Swift-like, isn't it? Like everybody else who got those emails yesterday saying, too bad, you're not getting Taylor Swift tickets like our family did. I mean, and now the, now these tickets are being scalped? What's going on there, Bill? Oh, yeah. Crazy! They're on they're on Craigslist and they're selling them for fifty bucks or sixty bucks or, or more. Uh, oh. They cost fifteen for adults and eleven for kids. So you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is if scalpers can make a buck off it. And um, you know, I I would have loved to take my granddaughter, but not at fifty bucks. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, you know, might might have might as well take her to Taylor Swift and spend the two hundred. <laughs> Well, I think you'd be lucky if you got Taylor Swift tickets yeah, for that's that, true. For that much. Um, 50 bucks. Okay, so it's $15 for adults, but if you go on Craigslist, you'll see these tickets being scalped for 50 bucks. That yeah. is, come on now, yeah, that is yeah. outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, and in fact, there's even, uh, it's even fewer capacity because what, to, not only are there only one of four locomotives, there's three of the 13 carriages. So. <laughs> So this is this is world's shortest shortest train uh, as well. And you know, there's an old axiom in politics that you know well, uh, Mike, and that is under promise and over deliver. And I'm afraid yeah. Mayor Sim has over promised and under delivered on this one. 
Well, uh, I don't know about that. He seems to be, uh, he seemed to spin it really well. You know, it's it's back, baby. He's yeah, got the train well, going again. Yeah, but now nobody can get a ticket. So it's just like, yeah. you know, I, I just think you, you got to be more careful. I think they should have said, look, we've been able, I mean, you could have pro- uh, communications-wise approached it differently and say, look, we've really worked hard. We've been able to get one train. We know it's not uh, full capacity, and we hope people can do it. You could also have done a lottery like Taylor Swift did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose you could have done it that way. Is this not, though, uh, uh, a condemnation of this previous park board that allowed oh, yeah. this train oh. to get into the shape that it did? Oh, yeah. There's no question that the, the greens and the near greens that were on there, they didn't like the idea of a, of a you know polluting train running around a track in Stanley Park. I mean, as minimal as the carbon footprint is of that. And so they let it just deteriorate, and that's yeah. it's disastrous. I, no, I, give, I give ABC and Ken some credit for for getting some movement on it, but, you know, don't overhype it. Okay, well, and he also, it sounds like he's saying, well, we we sort of protected the taxpayers on this, too, because most of the money to get this train rolling again was done by private donations, correct? Yes, it was, but, uh, you know, your listeners should look at who the donors were and ask some questions, because a lot of them are big developers in Vancouver, and, you know, not not that they they can afford the cash, but... um, you kind of wonder uh, about wh- what their motivation might be. I'm sure there's some altruism in there and some just sort of basic general interest there. Okay, Bill, let's talk about the drama over at the BC Green Party here yep. with the deputy leader, Dr. Sanjeev Gandhi, kicked out of the party after he liked a tweet comparing public health officer Dr. Bonnie Henry to Joseph Mengele, the notorious doctor at the Auschwitz concentration camp. I think it's almost appalling to even say that, that this happened. So he's been kicked out. He said that he issued a statement and said he liked this tweet by mistake. Um, He's still kicked out. And now, now this is interesting too. Andrew Weaver, the former Green Party leader weighing in on this. Let's listen now. You're going to hear current Green Party leader Sonia Firstenau here, and then you'll hear former leader Andrew Weaver. Let's listen. When this was brought to my attention, um, it was very clear that Dr. Yandy had to submit his resignation. I've been um, a little bit saddened to watch the BC Greens' behaviour of late. Um, it seems that they're getting behind fringe issues and leaving kind of the bread and butter mainstream issues for which they're known on the sideline. I wouldn't be surprised to be, see the party wiped out in the next election. Bill, your thoughts? <laughs> Great big ouch from Andrew Weaver on the Greens. Well, he yeah. threw the Greens under the train, uh, continuing the metaphors here. the uh, Look, you can't make mistakes like this. If this was an honest mistake and there was nothing else going on, uh, maybe Sanjeev Gandhi could have stayed there. I have to suspect that he has worn out his welcome with the Green Party and Sonia Firstenau already. And, you know, I mean, Andrew Weaver is unfortunately right that I mean, they're they're not talking about the environment. They're talking, um, and maybe they wanted to break out of the environment box, but some of the issues they're known for are not particularly being focused on. And then when you have to deal with damage control, and, you know, the deputy leader is not just some fringy candidate in a outback uh, riding that happened to be nominated by six people. This guy was picked by the Green Party uh, brain trust, and uh, they made a mistake, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and he was—he had been very critical of Dr. Bonnie Henry because he actually thought that she, you know, there's there are these extremes on this issue. On on one extreme, you got the anti-vaxxers. He's sort of on the other extreme, thinking that Bonnie Henry was not tough enough with vaccine mandates and mask mandates. You know, so he was very critical on the on the other extreme. 
It was interesting, Bill, yesterday to see a rally at the B.C. legislature as well. This one fronted by the B.C. Conservative Party, where, again, they're criticizing Dr. Bonnie Henry on another issue, and that is the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. And they were calling on uh, they were calling on Bonnie Henry to drop that and allow unvaccinated healthcare workers to start working in BC hospitals and the healthcare system again. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, whereas the Green Party doesn't want to be fringy, I think John Rusted and the BC Conservatives are aiming for fringy. That seems to be their modus operandi. They're on you know the vaccine mandate, the anti-SOGI school um, sexual education and gender identity uh, courses that happen to let kids know what their their choices and circumstances are. They're just against all that, and so I don't know. But maybe they just want to get that ten or fifteen percent that's uh, well that's, that's around there. I just don't understand their strategy either. Well, doesn't he have a point on the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers? Apparently, British Columbia is the only province in Canada that has one, and we're we're very short short staffed in the healthcare system. So why not let these people go back to work? Well, I I still support that because I, I don't know about you and your listeners, but if I go to hospital with a serious illness or any illness, and I'm in the hospital, I don't I don't want somebody who isn't vaccinated for COVID treating me. I don't want to, I don't want to take that chance. And okay. so in a hospital setting, in certain other settings, and you know, I, I'll wear my mask. Uh, and certainly as the winter progresses, I'll wear it more and more in public in just different places where there might be sick people. So in a hospital, it's full of sick people. I think, you know, I think it makes sense. And I, I don't know why the okay. other jurisdictions have done that, but we have backfilled a lot of positions. Okay, let's finish with the backlash from some municipalities now on the provincial housing plan. Now, this is interesting, the densification plan coming from the B.C. government. Some municipalities speaking up and saying, wait a sec, stop pushing us around here on this. Let's listen to Eric Woodward here, the mayor of Langley Township, on the show earlier this week. Randomly sprinkling six-unit apartment buildings next to single-family homes on dead-end cul-de-sacs. I'm not sure that's a plan. That may be a good soundbite to respond to a housing crisis, but that's not that's not a real plan. Okay, so he doesn't like this idea of forcing four plexes and six plexes into single family neighborhoods. Bill, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I I understand the government is trying to address the housing crisis and certainly we need more affordable housing and accessible housing. But I'm I'm not yet convinced there's a number of measures in this. uh, Mayor Woodward is is right. And, you know, there's another story today in the Vancouver Sun and I think the province uh, with tax experts in the housing area saying this is going to increase your, your housing taxes because uh, the land lift coming out of putting a six pl- sixplex and fourplex in some of these residential single-family home things is going to raise the taxes for everybody because it's supposed to be best use unless you've lived there for 10 years, the best use possible. So if you get taxed in your single-family home and they yeah. say, well, you could have been a sixplex, so we're going to tax you on a sixplex basis, people are going to go nuts. And so that's a problem. Uh, eliminating public hearings, I just don't agree with that. I, you know, I, I support uh, the overall effort to try and get more housing, but saying you can't have a you can't have a hearing ever in public hearing. Uh, you just wake up one morning and there's a sixplex next to you or a 20-story tower if you're near a transit station. I, I think that's uh, not a not a very consultative or democratic way to approach it. So I think you know, and a lot of mayors, Mike Hurley and Burnaby as well, and other mayors are raising concerns about this. And usually, it's not a good idea for the province to pick fights with the municipal governments. Bill Thielman is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Jim in Surrey. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. What you just said there a minute ago, Bill Tillman, made my hair stand on end. And I don't have a lot of hair to stand up. But you just said we you, we could be taxed. Oh, hey, you can have a fourplex or a six-pack 
uh, plex there. Great, we'll just slap that tax on you. Right now, my taxes are going to go up this year a thousand bucks, which is going to put me about sixty two hundred just for taxes. Then slap that the uh, the utilities on that. I'll be over eighty five hundred bucks. Oh, and now we're just going to go. Oh, hey, no, you're going to have to pay some more. You, oh. The government is literally bankrupting people in taxes alone. How, okay, do, we, Jim, how do we stop thank, this? Thank you for the call. Okay, Bill, why would these taxes go up? What is the concern well, here? The, the rule is that uh, your taxes should be based on best use of the property. So when the entire province gets rezoned and it says you could have a sixplex instead of a single-family home, the, the potential is there, unless you've lived there for 10 years. So hopefully Jim's lived there for 10 years. Um, you know, now Ravi Kalon, the BC housing minister, says, no, it's going to be so widespread because it's the whole province. That's not going to happen. But some of the tax mm. experts in real estate say it is. I have to say that, you know, there's a bunch of things in this bill that make me pretty nervous, and that's one of them. Rick and Delta. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. A couple of things here that, you know, I'm, I'm reading a thing in my local rag, The Optimist, about the individuals that were brought on by the government to come up with this stuff. And, you know, you got somebody from Bobby Rennie and real estate economist, real estate council, this kind of thing. But there's another thing I didn't get through when you were talking about food, because uh, global, here it is here on November the uh, 2nd, ran an article, uh, tax avoidance. Canadian companies transferred $120 billion to Luxembourg over 10 years. And it's not tax evasion. It's called tax avoidance because it's legal. But it goes on to say that a quarter of those companies, they were in the food industry. The only one they named that I recognized was Saputo. They're the milk people. And lastly, with respect to assessments, I live in an area where we down zone. So we have a house cap of 2,500 square feet. Uh, so what happened was last year I disputed my tax assessment based on the fact that, you know, even though my lot's almost 7,600 square feet, I'm capped at 25. They brought, okay. So conversely, they brought my tax assessment down 198,000. So okay, 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 Rick, Rick, Rick thank, you, thank you for that. Um, Bill, uh, let me just, he, he raised a lot of points, but let me ask you about the, the food one, because we did yeah. cover that earlier, yeah, food, that, yeah. food inflation, okay? So you've got the Trudeau government here uh, threatening these big grocery store chains. You better lower your prices or we might put a, a drop the tax hammer on you. Does this make any sense? Well, this is like the wolf blowing at the uh, little piggy's brick brick house. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. I don't think so. You know, I don't think you're going to blow Galen Weston's house down. And it's not restricted to 2,500 square feet, I'll tell you. Look, you know, I, I feel badly because the, the little guy is, is getting the shaft here on a whole bunch of things and they're feeling it. And, you know, the economy is doing pretty good for a while and hopefully it'll come back soon. But, okay. uh, you know, I, I shed no tears for Galen Weston. Laura in Richmond. Hi, Laura. We got 30 seconds here, Laura. Go ahead. Hi. Okay, thank you. Shame on Vancouver City. They, if we can put people on the moon, we should be able to fix four locomotives in yeah. time for <laughs> Christmas. That's ridiculous. And they put it out for sale. 9 a.m. It was one of the few affordable things that families could do at Christmas. I'm yeah. past it. But so many single parents would have been at work at 9 a.m. and didn't stand a chance of getting tickets for their kids. So I think the mayor needs to look in the mirror, give his head a shake, and get his button gear and get those things fixed. Thank you for the call. Bill, out of time. Thank you for yours today. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Mike. Catch okay. that train. Catch
Catch that train, brother. Catch the train. <laughs> 50, 50 bucks to ride the uh, ride the Stanley Park train if you want to pay the scalper. How greedy is that, charging 50 bucks for a Stanley Park train ride? Thank you, Bill. That is Bill Thielman. Thank you for all your calls. Okay, when we come back, the viral video of the 21-year-old college grad who was shocked by the daily grind and stress of her first full-time job. This video has everyone talking. It's been viewed millions of times. We'll play it for you on the other side. Do not miss this next discussion. That's next.